0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders Council podcast with me, Scott Chaloner. This podcast, just like the Leaders Council itself, is all about recognizing and celebrating those people who keep this country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organizations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. Now, if you are in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, then please do go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Now, joining me on the programme today on what is a scorching spring morning here in the capital is Christine Hallis-Appleby. Christine is a female artist, entrepreneur and producer of film video theatre who's been active in her industry for over 30 years. Um, She's also director at Say2 Productions, a performance and production company in the northwest of England with national and international acclaim. Uh, Christine, very warm welcome to yourself this morning and thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show.
1: It's
0: an absolute pleasure. It's a pleasure welcoming you um, onto the programme with us, Christine. Certainly is a beautiful day forward as well. Um, and I think we should begin by addressing the elephant in the room here, and that's the fact that although during this time we are moving toward um, better times and out of social restrictions, we are still somewhat in the grip of the global COVID-19 situation, and we have been for the best part of the last 14 months, haven't we? So... With all of that in mind, to what extent has this pandemic affected you, affected your businesses and also uh, some of the education institutions that you're involved with as well?
1: Tremendously. Um, Our work mainly for the last 30 years has been producing and performing and academic workshops for schools in and around this country, but also internationally as well. We toured Italy For seven, eight years, we were about to go out to Prague with Shakespeare, Romeo, and Juliet. So, of course, the schools were shut down, and so was our international work as well. So, immediately, that was a massive problem. Another area that we've worked in and are continuing to work in now, we just started back again, thank goodness. So, we work with the police and also the fire service and NTAC, which are the nurses. So, we work with the NHS and in areas that tie trauma. So, for example, we are in Lincoln in a couple of weeks. We will be reenacting a live terrorist attack. So, the protection of the general public. So, it's great, isn't it? You know, we think of actors on stage, but the Mm -hmm. acting, actually, the acting business reaches much further. Um, We were actually working in London and around and about with companies. For instance, uh, the biggest Nigerian oil company who came over last year and were about to come over again with a new set of people looking at effective communication skills. And so with that, we will be there live with role play. So acting out a scenario so then, they can see the correct way, the incorrect way or a better improved way. And the last area, I'm going to wear you out. We've actually worked with the care sector for 19 years. 30 years in education and live theatre and film. And so our poor care sector, who we used to was going in with Remember the Boys to celebrate um, the Second World War, who we used to was going in to really raise their energy levels and interactive that was stopped as well. So what did I do about all this? <laughs> so what I did is say, right, we live stream. And because I work with the British Film Council and we're looking at in- Many years ago, after my years of directing and, and developing my own company, um, I was lucky enough to work with British Film Council as a female director. won an award. So I've worked on camera and enjoy that very much. So we got to, to, together and um, we then got our little studio and began to live stream, which is amazing. So in some ways, COVID has been awful. It's been a massive shock but in my long journey in business i know that once we're on that front line and i've been there several times maybe this is about the topic um we transfer our skills and why not we create it so right we are artists so basically we transferred so that we could live stream we now have many care homes i'm going up to a meeting later with the UK. and what we do is we actually live stream into their venue monthly we can see them We can talk to them, we can interact, we can get them singing and dancing. Also, with our schools, we immediately transferred to live streaming, so we were able to produce Macbeth with an academic talk. Each student in their classrooms, and if they were at home, in isolation, on their devices, after the performance, were able to what we call hot seat the actors, which really helps with their academic examinations so the set study plays that they're doing so they were able to ask questions as the actors were in character and we went into each single classroom so we weren't actually there physically but we were um along with that the other hat that i wear um is bnl beyond neurological limits so for me to remain in business for this long <laughs> with the many other businesses out there and transfer skills it's been a very exciting journey I need to be fit and healthy and considering that the acting side of the business specifically um, is very physical. So I had an injury several years ago, many years ago and I then took up nutrition so that's another hat that I wear. I was lucky enough to be approached by Active Lancashire and Community Interest Sports working with vulnerable people, isolated people. So we set up Zoom where we, we're we still doing it now so to Two sessions a week on advice and nutrition, going out live streaming to places like um, far to reach places, even to Wales and Scotland, even though we're in we're based in Manchester. So that live streaming continued, even though we've come out of lockdown, because that means we can reach people that we couldn't normally reach. So that's working with the community on the nutrition and health side, and following the process of um, COVID helping people to understand how they can take some responsibility for changing their biochemistry according to the biosphere, which, as we know, is changing rapidly. So I've been really lucky enough to work in those areas. And um, and then also with that, we run a creative writing course as well, which many people have come along and found they've got new talent, I'm working with people that are suffering from mental illness with advice, nutrition, support, And a bit of dancing and singing, if they like, as well. So that's really been my experience. Um, It's been a tough one. Regarding um, actors who have really struggled through this, Mm. we've been able to, fortunately, to continue to provide them with hope, but also with work. Um, and it gave me an opportunity to run some courses as well, in a way, which was what well, I don't normally have the time to do. So we've looked at the RADA certificates in Shakespeare to for continued professional development for the actors. And um, yeah, so we, in a way, it's, it's been a difficult time, very difficult, but also it sounds strange, but an exciting time. And I think a time on the, the health and nutrition side, for people are suddenly saying, like, right, let's have a look at diet, let's have a look at the future of the planet which I think is really exciting so it's been um, it's been a mixture
0: certainly seems like you've had plenty to keep you uh, busy Christine plenty on your plate for sure and um, I think that Certainly with what you've been exposed to during this time, I think you'll agree with what I'm saying here, that the issue around mental health and well-being, as well as, of course, physical health and well-being, um, has been greatly amplified um, by this whole uh, pandemic, hasn't it? Um, it's um a huge issue and it's rightfully getting a lot of attention um, in the, uh, the national discussion at the moment. Um, and when you're doing so much virtually, especially when, for example, you're sort of advising people on their sort of lifestyles, um, on the nutrition they're taking in, um, over say Zoom rather than sort of in a face-to-face discussion, is it sometimes a little bit harder to sort of maybe t- sort of pounce on certain nuances, certain ways that they're behaving and maybe get across certain points? Do you have to sort of change your sort of leadership style in that context?
1: Basically, it's about encouraging people, and it's education. So whether it's distance or it's face to face, in some ways, I do quite a lot of one to one. If anybody's struggling, they can then, then they can email in, and that's my charity work. And I'll do it one to one with them. If they're suffering from diabetes and, and struggling, and they haven't been able to go to the NHS, then we'll look at diet. So I mean, usually we we in my area, I work with people at the prelim, preliminary stage, um, or pre Pre clinical stages, they say, hopefully, but just advising people individually as well as in groups because the group sessions tend to be gen- general. and um, So that then they've got that confidence to go, well, I can go away and there are things that I can do myself and take responsibility for. So, I mean, for example, looking at the climate, you know, how different climates in different countries eat a, a different diet. So looking at as our climate changes and with the climate, with COVID climate, advice on a really good diet which is going to improve our immunity. And it's been quite exciting because I've had people on who have come along and I've worked with and whole families are going, look what we've cooked <laughs> on Zoom, look what we've done with the children and People have started to learn about healthy foods and and how to cook on a budget and and actually families going out and enjoying doing the shopping because they're looking at well these are these are perfect proteins these are good carbohydrates so physically developing a different relationship with food which can only take some stress of the off, from the overworked NHS well and the government as well um, and so you know it's just. It's it's great work. I'm so lucky. I started off life as a ballerina. I went straight as a young girl into the theatre and I've been lucky enough to work with celebrities, Tom Jones and last year um, Martin Kemp, who's still doing lots of work. So I still continue to work in that area um, and still continue with our Shakespeare. and our We've just written, I've just written four schools. Edward Jenner, who was smallpox, and also, of course, Fleming, who discovered penicillin, which incidentally, penicillin came, he discovered from the mold in a petri dish, which we see on bread, your little blue bits. And that's how, then, of course, after many years, um, it, they discovered that the penicillin was a fantastic antibiotic. And now we've got the discussion interesting about antibiotics. And of course, we know some of our cattle have uh, animal antibiotics and our resistance to the future. But there's hope there because that's all about our friendly bacteria. And if we can build that friendly bacteria, then we're going to build our, our immune system and be able to fight. So I'm very positive. I'm very positive about the future. I think human beings find a way. And I think it's exciting that we're, we're now having to learn quickly and adapt and people really are engaging. And that's the policy side. Mm. and
0: that, COVID. That positivity is infectious absolutely and I think that so many people despite it being such a challenging and tragic experience for many have come out of COVID having really learned something about themselves and about the people that they work with. So thinking about that uh Christine, um, would you say that you've learned anything major from your experience out this crisis because you've had certainly had a lot on your plate so I'd imagine so. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Loads. One I've learned not to be complacent and to get back on the front line. Um, I've also learned to practice what I preach because I did get COVID and ended up ended up with viral pneumonia. And that was a challenge. And that as a leader, this is where we come in. We mm. love what we do. We lead, but sometimes we don't look after number one first. And I went through maybe a phase of working all only on God's sense to transfer uh, the company skills so that we could survive and support staff and support the wider community um, and I don't think I was looking after myself very well so that was a, a, a quite an experience, I spent some time in the hospital but that made me even further look into COVID and go okay, how can I build my immune system up better, what can we do and also along with the scientists that are now looking at, you know, the vaccines in detail, what properties are in the vaccines um And I I just think we'll continually improve. So yes, I've learned that I do need to take me time sometimes as well. But you think a lot of leaders, and I'm sure you know yourself, when we love what we do, sometimes we don't, we don't keep that balance. So that's been a big learning curve.
0: It's hugely important, absolutely, that um, we've been doing a lot of work here at the Leaders' Council lately about the um, sort of impact of stress on um, sort of CEOs and executives and the impact of burnout. And so it is very important that when you're sort of in that mindset that I've got to sort of keep everything running, people are looking up to me, I've got to be that beacon of sort of hope and be there for everyone. It can be difficult and you can lose sight of that sort of work-life balance for yourself as well. And you do have to step back, certainly, and take um, time to recharge the batteries as and when. Um, And thinking about sort of um, what we've talked about with working practices as well, you've sort of talked a lot about how you've done so much uh, sort of virtually over the course of the last few months. So um, given that there's... It's tipped to be a real change to be a worker to our working practice over the next few months with sort of virtual working, flexible working being the status quo from now on for a lot of people. How do you think sort of this is going to impact the creative industries? Because this is a sector where there's nothing quite like the in-person experience. So there is always going to have to be a place for that as well, isn't there?
1: It's interesting because we have a mixture. We've got, of course, people that are booking, we're getting bookings. We've, we are very busy at the moment, very busy filming, as we say, the Jenner and about the vaccines and, and Jack the Ripper history plays and so forth. And and with the homes, um, a number of the care areas seem to want us to go in live, but others are quite happy for the live streaming so I think there is work there. We're back working with the police again because, of course, the police and the fire service, especially when we're dealing with high trauma cases and they three minutes to save somebody's life, and that's where the actors really come into their own to support um, the police and the NHS area. Um, that's going ahead at the moment. We hope it continues because for at the moment with the crisis that's going on, even more so than ever, the, the the people that are training, the paramedics are training, the nurses for saving lives need that hands-on, real-life experience. So that, fortunately, is going ahead at the moment. So we've got sort of a mixture. But I think the exciting thing is that we've been able to um, – I I, we, we run a bit of a session on a Monday that I didn't mention that anybody can come to. We've had Americans on doing a live um, – body fit mind so we do a little bit of dance and exercise and uh, it's been amazing that we've been able to to actually work with people from other countries um, that have actually come into our live Zoom and joined in a dance session as if we're next door so I think that is going to continue as a hybrid we're actually talking about, we usually do outdoor maybe uh, in September the second week when it's quite warm we will do a small live audience to make sure that we're distanced, um, but also live stream out as well to as far afield as we possibly can. So, um, yeah, I think the future is is exciting in that way. I think it's time for us to really batten down the hatches and really look at our own personal health, the health of our staff, the health of the community, and support one another as much as possible. Um,
0: certainly made us value and that. stay positive. It's made us value that, hasn't it? The pandemic, that social interaction we have with people, the people we connect with, building each other up and supporting each other. I think that's so, so important going forward. Um, Um, I do certainly want to talk about going forward as well, just before we do wrap things up, because I am conscious that we're just starting to uh, run short of time. So um, we talked about what maybe is on the horizon for the creative industries, but for yourself, um, your businesses and the people that you work with now, more specifically, Christine, as we hopefully move out of social restrictions here in the UK, what is next for you and where is it that you really want to be this time next year in an ideal world?
1: in an ideal world this time next year i want us to be continually to create i would like to see um i would like to see the commu- wider community and the country of course it, um, really appreciate the work that the creative industries do making people happy <laughs> and bringing you know those wonderful events to people but i would like to see that we are using um Both, as I said, to to, to repeat what I've just said, the live that reaches maybe further afield, uh, the live live performance, but also the online that's there for people that are difficult to reach. Um, And for the creative industries to really learn from this um, by maybe preparing in case lockdown happens again how they can still continue to work and transfer skills and not really get too negative about it and say, well, you know what, we can actually produce film and video and we can live stream. We know it isn't the same. So I think there's an area there for training young artists um, to really look at the benefits of the arts for therapy, music therapy, dance therapy, Um so, and also drama therapy, which is very important, and psychodrama therapy, working with people suffering from mental ill health. So, I think maybe rather than artists wanting to go just into the um, high commercial art, which is great, I understand, but also understanding that there's a market there in the wider community that art can be of enormous benefit as a therapy. Mm. Um, And to reach people that wouldn't normally see the arts as accessible. So that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see artists working more with the community and the community also understanding that, hey, this is for you as well. (laughs) You know, it's something you can benefit from.
0: I think we've certainly seen the importance of community over the last year, and you raise an incredible point as well, Christine. In that, um, even yeah. though it is a difficult time for all industries, there are going to be different opportunities there to train, upskill, and do something different, aren't there? And that's something yeah. that we certainly have to look out for.
1: Absolutely, no, and and and, and I think for everybody, um, we've now got the new variant. But I think people are understanding the value of what's being done to try and prevent it. And I know, you know, I think that we can discuss whether the government have done well or not done well. But at the end of the day, we've gone on a journey together which will go down in history, Mm. just as Jenna did with smallpox and, of course, just as Fleming did. And this is also a time to also support each other as well and sometimes not battle, but join together to create a superb future for our future generations and our wonderful planet and the universe.
0: Exactly right, and appreciate leadership um, during this difficult time as well, absolutely. Um, I have to say, Christine, it's been a real pleasure and a real eye-opener for me welcoming you onto the programme today. And I'm sure the listeners also share that sentiment. And I actually think once we start to see a clearer picture in the coming months as to sort of what shape the recovery is taking and where our industries, especially our creative ones, are heading, it'll be wonderful to welcome you back onto the show and catch up and just see how things are getting on.
1: I would love that. I would love it. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, And I hope I've spread some positivity and uh, thank you so much once again for inviting me on
0: it's been a real pleasure christine and that positivity most certainly is infectious we certainly all need a, a dose of it now and finally we seem to have uh had springs spring has sprung let's say um, in the uh the uk and it's um sort of really um increasing and uh helping with the uh the national mood and hopefully it's another sign of things to come certainly
1: absolutely the sun's shining lots of vitamin D melatonin, go for a 15-minute walk, take that time away from your desk, busy leaders, make time for you and you'll run your businesses even better. Thank you.
0: Exactly right. Work-life balance. Um, It was an absolute pleasure to welcome Christine Hellas-Appleby onto the podcast today. Um, And coming up next on the show, we're going to be keeping it educational because our incumbent chairman and the former Education Secretary, of course, Lord David Blunkett, is going to be joining us on the programme. He'll be sharing his take on the last 14 months and hopefully what needs to be happening over the coming ones as well as we look to recover the economy and move out of lockdown Uh, that will be coming up on the program next
2: lord Blunkett, welcome thank you very much it's very good to be with you um
3: well of course uh nothing is being said uh at the moment other than covid 19 uh which uh we must touch on um what would your message be to small businesses who are trying to keep going
2: well I think the last ones standing will be the ones that thrive when we get back to some sort of normality so it's have confidence and courage obviously take advantage as far as you can of the government help I think that Rishi Sunak the chancellor has gone about as far as you could have expected mm-hmm. in the circumstances there are obviously small businesses that fall between the cracks those who uh, don't have um, defined premises can't benefit from the business rate waiver, Uh, have not really been able to demonstrate that they can uh, adhere to the PAYE for furloughing staff, and of course, whether they can receive the the grant, 10,000 or 25,000, all all of those who can, uh, are obviously able at least to benefit from that for the time being, and look to the future. But I think the second thing to say, and they don't need me to tell them this as a politician who who did once do a business studies qualification, which is that it will be a different world. And being able mm. to think about how that world will look in a year's time and be creative about it and learn from not just what's happening to you at this moment in time, but to others around you and the sector that you're working in, that will be really important.
3: Do you feel that the long-term uh, effects of uh, the COVID-19 outbreak...
2: Obviously, government itself, and there's been ups and downs, but all the way through the public and private sector, people have, to use the jargon, stepped up, and they've shown uh, local, regional, national level the kind of leadership that Britain historically was very good at. Regrettably, we've not seen seen the same on the international scene for Mm. all kinds of reasons, Uh, but maybe we will in future. So I think out of this will come experience of people who have seen an opportunity to do good as well as seen an opportunity to provide a good uh, service or goods, uh, including, for instance, shortages uh, for the health and social care uh, system, uh, the food chain and the like. Uh, But also, I think, in terms of seeing the the synergy between the private and the voluntary sector and using people's uh, commitment to each other in a very positive way. I, I'm not sentimental about this, things will revert, mm-hmm. but actually, I think there's a, a kind of moment of moral judgment of people feeling that they've got a role to play outside the immediate survival that they're engaged in. And if we can hang on to a little bit of that social responsibility